Hello, this is John McCormick, the pastor of Crossword Christian Center in Round Rock, Texas, with another word on the go. Today's word will come from Judges chapter 6, Judges chapter 6, verses 11 through 16. Judges chapter 6, verses 11 through 16. I'll be reading again from the New Living Translation, but whatever translation of the Bible you have handy will be fine. Judges chapter 6, beginning at verse 11. Again, when you find that passage, it reads like this. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiezer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all of the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. For the next few minutes, I want us to think from the thought, level up. You may be asking yourself, What does that phrase mean? Level up in this context means to raise your game to the next level, to go to the next assignment that is more difficult than the assignment you're working now or the assignment that you've previously worked. Now, it's fine to do that when things are going well and you think you have all of the resources and the confidence to do what you need to do. But it doesn't go so well when you have been challenged challenged to raise your game and you think that you're doing all that you can do right now just to stay alive. In fact, you're doing what you're doing now and you're wondering how it is you're going to even make it to the next moment. And all of a sudden you find yourself in front of a new challenge that you quite frankly don't think you have what it takes to do. That's interesting because in this Christian life, oftentimes it is when we feel that we are at our limits, when we feel that we've done everything we think we can do and it is all that we can do to survive and maintain what we have now, when God pops up on the scene with a new assignment that requires new resources and energy, things we think we don't have. The story of Gideon in Judges presents such a scenario. And you know the story. Gideon is hiding in a wine press and he's threshing wheat, trying to keep it away from the Midianites who have started pillaging uh, the Israelite territory and taking literally just about everything. Gideon is minding his business, doing exactly what he thinks he needs to do so that he can survive and his family can survive. When God sends word that it is Gideon who's 
been chosen to deliver the Israelites from the Midianites. Gideon raises questions almost immediately. We're going to cover those in this these thoughts that I have here in just a minute. But God answers the important question, maybe not the question that Gideon is asking, but the important question nonetheless that will enable Gideon to carry out the actual assignment. Let me jump right in because this is an interesting story. It does have a few thoughts that I think will help us as we're trying, especially those of you right now who are dealing with a new assignment that God has given you and you don't think you have what it takes to do it. First thing you need to understand is don't jump to erroneous conclusions based on your view of current circumstances. In the text, Gideon is left threshing wheat in the silo of a wine press because the Midianites have come and pillaged their town, literally leaving nothing behind. They raided the Israelites' crops and livestock regularly. The Israelites are so frightened at the Midianites that they built hidden places in the hills, as the story goes, so that they could find cover when the Midianites come running to raid. Although the text does not state this, it is clear that Gideon is disheartened at the fact that God has allowed the Midianites to lay siege to their cities and has not responded. Because God did not respond in the manner and at the time that Gideon thought God should have, Gideon has concluded that God has abandoned them. He recalls the ancestral history of God's activity with the Israelites, leading them out of Egypt and eventually into the promised land, but since he sees no evidence of God's activity on behalf of the Israelites during the moments of the raids, Gideon has concluded that God has abandoned them. This, of course, is not the case because when you read the word and read this story and read it in context, you will remember that after the people cried out to God because of the treatment of the Midianites, God sent a prophet to the Israelites to recount the the Israelites' history of disobedience. As a result of that disobedience, they must now pay the consequences. This is evidenced by what God said would happen. And in fact, the Midianites do exactly what they're talking, what God talks about. The Midianites and the Amorites and others actually raid the towns and leave the Israelites with literally, literally no resources. Watch this, though. The fact that God sent someone to talk to them is evidence that God has not abandoned them. But Gideon cannot see that because he's concerned about what he observes, his current circumstances. He, in fact, jumps to conclusions and says that God has abandoned uh, the Israelites when that's not the case at all. The basis of that assumption is nothing other than God's refusal to address the Midianite raids the way Gideon wants them to be addressed. But just like Gideon, my brothers and sisters, we must be careful not to jump to conclusions regarding God's activity and or inactivity in our circumstances, particularly when God has called us to do something different and something new, something beyond our resources. In other words, we cannot erroneously conclude that God has is not working on our behalf simply because God has not acted the way we wanted God to act. Let me unpack that for just a minute. It seems that some of us sometimes are wondering when God comes 
comes to us with these new assignments and we look back over our lives uh, or a period of our lives and we don't think we can trace God's hands or actions in helping us, then we simply draw the conclusion that God has abandoned us and now popped up again to give us a new assignment when in fact that's not the case at all. God has been there all along. We just don't know about it. Now, here's the next thought that I want to lift from this particular passage that I think will help you. It's going to challenge you and in some instances actually make you angry. And that is you need to stop hiding and start stepping. Stop hiding in your perceived limitations and boldly step into God's given resources. Watch this. After God sends word to Gideon that he is a mighty hero and that he's been chosen to rescue the Israelites from the Midianites, Gideon immediately raises issues with being selected. He first comments that his family is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh and that he is the least in his family. By raising these concerns, Gideon is telling God that perhaps God chose someone or should choose someone else who comes from a larger family and a larger tribe. Gideon has self-esteem issues. We can see it right in the text with the placement of his family and his order in the family. He raises those concerns when God designates him as the one to rescue the Israelites from the Midianite raids. Gideon sees his is being part of a weaker clan and his position within the family as limitations to what God can do in using him. He views them as impediments and raises them immediately as if God were not aware of Gideon's birthright. In response to Gideon's concerns, God reassures Gideon that it is God who has sent him. The exercise in which Gideon engaged is the same kind of exercise, beloved, that we engage in when God calls us or assigns us to a specific work that we believe is beyond our level of expertise. I know I'm in somebody's business right now. We begin throwing up limits and impediments to God as if those limits and impediments effectively bar us from carrying out any assignment that God chooses to give us. In the text, Gideon was I was really stating to God that God has chosen the wrong man to actually rescue Israel because of his weak familial background. God does not accept those limitations as issues. Now watch this because we see it in the text. We must be careful not to hide behind our preconceived limitations. Instead, we must stop, step out boldly on what the resources on the resources that God has given us and do what God has told us. In the text, when Gideon raises the question of God's presence in the lives of the Israelites, God simply tells Gideon to go in the strength he has. That's an interesting response. In other words, stop disqualifying yourself. Stop raising some issues that really don't matter with respect to the assignment that you have been given. You need to stop doing it and start stepping. God knew about the impediments before God called Gideon. God knew about Gideon's objections before God called Gideon, but still God called Gideon to do a great work. 
I really should stop the sermon right here, cue the music and tell you uh, that ends it and we'll get it back next time. Because after all, I'm over 11 minutes and 30 seconds and I'm still going. Well, I'm going to take the personal privilege to keep going because there's something else in this particular text and this this message that God wants you to understand. This particular one is the answer to the question, why did God choose me? Why me of all people? Why couldn't he have chosen someone else? Doesn't God know about my limitations? Limitations. Doesn't God know about my history? Doesn't God know about my attitude? Why in the world would God choose me? Here's the last thing you need to know. And this is a deep theological uh, answer, but it's going to sound simple. It's because God said so. In order to get this point, you've got to read the text very slowly and you need to notice some things. Notice the order of the text. Gideon raises two concerns with the angel of the Lord. The first concern is God's alleged inactivity in the lives of the Israelites as the Midianites are raiding them. The second concern is God's decision to call Gideon to rescue the Israelites from the Midianites. When Gideon raises the issue of his lack of qualifications and fitness to rescue and liberate the Israelites from Midianite control, God does not address Gideon's qualifications issues at all. Instead, God confirms for Gideon that Gideon will have victory over the Midianites. In fact, it will seem as if Gideon is fighting just against one man. The fact that God did not take the time to address Gideon's concerns, instead reaffirming that God was with Gideon, indicates that God's commitment of Gideon to rescue the Israelites was sufficient. There was no need for any additional explanation or consideration, no need to run the cost benefit analysis. Instead, it's simply time. It was time for, to act because God said so. Remember our parents reaction to our questions as to why we were not allowed to do certain things or go certain places. They would simply respond by stating because I said so. In other words, because because of my position in the family, I am not required nor obligated to give you an explanation for why I have acted or said what I have done or said. In fact, I can act by virtue of my parental authority. Likewise, my brothers and sisters, God is saying to all of us who are asking that question, why God did you choose me with all of my limitations? God is simply saying, I don't need to address those uh, limitations. There's no need for further discussion because I, God, am sovereign. God's word, my brothers and sisters, will empower and equip you to do whatever you have been chosen uh, or assigned to do. It was God's word that moved Gideon from being a timid risk taker to a confident conqueror. Let me say that again. It was God's word that moved Gideon from being a timid risk taker to a confident conqueror, just like it was God's word that actually moved Gideon from that place to a place of boldness. It's God's word, God's choosing and telling you that you are the one that needs to do the assignment that will be sufficient. There's no there's no indication and no need for further this, this discussion. God is sovereign. God knows what he's doing. So your actual response ought to be, yes, God, I'm going to do it. I don't know who this is for, but I'm going to close this out now at 15 minutes with simply telling you level up. Have a great day.